What is up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of NJ Sports Media Podcast. I'm your host, Vin, and today we have one of our best episodes, best guests ever, one of my idols, Kenny Albert. How are you doing, sir? I'm great, Vincenzo. How are you? Thank, great. Thank you so much for coming on. You know, thank you yesterday for coming to the camp. So I have a couple questions, and then I have Kenny Albert trivia. I'm going to ask you some trivia about yourself at the end. Again, thank you for coming on. So my first question is, so you said yesterday how you got a tape recorder at five years old, and that's how you really started talking about sports and sitting in front of your TV. Can you just take us through why that really got you into it? Right. That's a true story. I was given a tape recorder when I was five years old by my parents, and I set it up. I set my room up like a TV or radio studio. I had the desk and then the bed in between and the television on the other side. And always loved sports. Grew up around sports casting with my father and my uncles. So um, started doing play-by-play at a young age into that tape recorder. And uh, here we are about 50 years later talking about it. Awesome. So my second question would definitely have to be like, so you, you're you the only announcer currently that does all four major sports, the MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL. So what would you say the transition is like from going one sport one day to another? How is that? And what would you say is the hardest transition between two sports? Well, it's a great question. Um, it's a lot of fun to be involved in so many different sports. I really enjoy the variety. I've done more hockey and football than the others, but enjoy uh, working basketball and baseball games as well. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it, a lot of organization. And to me, some of the most fun times of the year are actually uh, when the sports are overlapping. For example, several years in October, I've had football, hockey, basketball, and baseball within the same week or two-week stretch. So it's fun. Uh, There's a lot of work that goes into it, but to me, it's fun work. Awesome. So when you were saying how like you would have it all in a one week span or a two week span, how much preparation do you put in? And like, do you do this all on like your off hours or do you do this all like anytime you have free time, do you write down some fun facts that you would throw in during a game or just stuff like that? It's pretty much anytime you have free time. I'm a big preparer. I believe that preparation is one of the uh, most important aspects to being a play by play announcer. Um, you know, or a studio host or really any job in broadcasting. So during those hectic times, um, I'll really use any free time I have, whether it's at home, in my home office, on an airplane, in a hotel, in a taxi. And I'll try to get ahead a little bit if I know I have a game a week from now, but might not have a lot of time to prepare in the days leading up to it. I'll, I'll definitely try to get ahead of things. Awesome. So, Kenny, of course you said before that you've been in the business for about 50 years now. So, like, dating back to when you were five years old, how would you feel, what has changed the most about announcing from when you first started to now? Well, I started calling games into my tape recorder about 50 years ago. I've been in the business professionally for 33, uh, which is still a long time. I think some of the biggest changes have been with technology, to be honest. Uh, When I started out professionally, The internet did not exist. There were barely cell phones. Uh, So much has changed uh, in the world of television and radio. When I started with Fox, in order to study and watch the previous games played by uh, the NFL teams, Fox would send us VHS tapes, and I would get those on Wednesday. They would make copies on Monday and send them out on Tuesday, and I would receive it on Wednesday. 
these days I could tape a game at home on my television or watch on my iPad or computer or phone uh, literally live or seconds after the game ends. So you get a big head start with preparation. And uh, there are just so many other aspects of uh, the business technologically that have changed over the last 30 plus years. So when you, so you said how you would get the film on tape recorders on like a Wednesday. So like when you would get those, would you go straight to work or would those be like, would you start on Thursday? What would your preparation time be more 30 years ago to now? You know, for an NFL game, whether it was 30 years ago or uh, the current times, um, for a football game, I start on Monday, believe it or not, for a Sunday game and a lot of reading, uh, preparing charts, pouring through statistics. Um, you know, back then I wasn't able to watch those prior games until Wednesday, but I'll start doing that now on a Monday or Tuesday. Um, for a hockey or basketball game, I usually start four or five days in advance. The teams are playing games uh, pretty frequently, three or four days a week in the NHL, NBA, almost every day in baseball. So the preparation is a little different because you see the teams – uh, on a regular basis, but on football, when it's only once a week, I start pretty much on Monday morning for that Sunday's game. So just wondering for baseball. So like for Fox, you would run like maybe say a Friday night game or a Saturday night game. Do you prepare for just that game or do you prepare for the whole series considering that they do play every game? Right. Every day? Great question for a baseball game. I'm preparing uh, pretty much <clears throat> starting on Monday for a Saturday game. And I'll read all of the articles and go through uh, media guides and other publications and statistics. Uh, but I'll definitely keep a close eye on the Friday game. I'll usually either go to the game or watch it on television in preparation for the Saturday game. Okay, so my next question would have to be, from an announcer standpoint, someone who was in the booth, what has been the hardest scheme for you to call, whether it be very fast pace or a lot of gaps in between, say, pitches or snaps? What has been, like, your hardest game to call? Well, in general, uh, Vincenzo, hockey and basketball are the sports uh, in which you're pretty much calling the action the entire time, right? A hockey game has 60 minutes of action. A basketball game has 48 minutes of action. So whether it's radio or TV, you're, you're doing play-by-play. You're definitely describing a lot more on the radio because the listeners can't see what's going on on television. On TV, you can pull back a little bit and leave more time for your color analysts to come in. Football is the most regimented, rhythmic. It's one play and then 20 or 25 seconds. Another play, 20 or 25 seconds. Baseball definitely has the most time between plays, although it's a little shorter this year with the pitch clock. So uh, there are definitely different nuances to all the sports. and also, like I said, uh, you're describing a lot more on radio. On radio as opposed to television, you have to uh, give the time and the score a lot more often because people can't see it up on the screen. So uh, there are different challenges that go with all of those different sports. Now, I've also done some boxing and, and track and field at the Olympics, and the sports without a ball or a puck uh, are certainly a lot different as well and, and lead to other challenges. Um, did some volleyball at the Olympics, which was a lot of fun. I had to learn the rules and the history and the, uh, uh, you know, some of the, um, other terminology in the sport, but I I love those challenges when I am assigned a new sport that I'm not used to working. Okay. So as you mentioned, you've worked a, a bunch of Olympics at this point. My next question would have to be like at the Olympics, 
Does the international fans like change the way that you call the game? Is the en- is the energy higher? How's the atmosphere? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I've been to six Winter Olympics, five in person. The other we called out of the studio uh, following the COVID pandemic. And in the summer, I've been to one and called the volleyball out of the studio with the other. Um, the fans are great. You know, when, when you're at the Olympics, they're, they're certainly uh, cheering for the various countries. But um, it kind of has the feel of a playoff game, I think, if I'm working an Olympic hockey game. Uh, it, it has that same feel. So uh, the, the women's gold medal game, uh, I think back to the, the hockey in 2018 in Pyeongchang, South Korea, between the U.S. and Canada, there were fans of both sides, obviously. So uh, that, that did have a special feel for sure. Okay, so when you said before how your dad and your uncles had some experience in the industry, I was just wondering, if you had to call a game with your dad or any sport, what would it be for you and how special would that be? Well, I, I did call two games with him. Uh, one was when I was in college at NYU and he came in and joined us on a, on a basketball broadcast and there was a hockey game that he was working for MSG and his color analyst lost his voice during the game. I was there to handle the pre- and post-game show, so I stepped in. Because okay. we both do play-by-play, it's very unusual uh, for two play-by-play announcers to work the same game together. So um, it was a lot of fun. I also worked as a sideline reporter with him on a couple of NFL games on Westwood One. And, uh, you know, o- always enjoy when we're in the same building. There have been times when we worked the same game, but for different networks. Uh, but those two instances were definitely memorable when we called the college basketball game together and the uh, hockey game together at MSG. That's awesome. So you said that you called a game with your dad. My other questions were, who is your favorite co-host or your favorite person to call a game with? Well, it's hard to pick one. I've been so fortunate to work with over 200 color analysts in the various sports some of them for one game and others for 10 or 15 years. And I've really enjoyed each and every one of them. But having the opportunity to work with a Walt Clyde Frazier, for example, on 15 to 20 nicknames, awesome. you know, that never gets old. Uh, the guys I work with in hockey, Eddie Olchek and Keith Jones and Dave Maloney and Joe Micheletti and uh, Jonathan Vilma now the last four years on football. But before that, Rondé Barber and Moose Johnston and Tony Saragusa and Brian Baldinger and Anthony Munoz and Ron Pitts, really all of the partners I've had uh, have been terrific and enjoyed each and every one of them. Awesome. So what would you say has been your favorite call that you've made? You've been a part of many memorable moments. I mean, I have a question about one of them later, but what has been like your go-to call that you would re-listen of yourself? Well, it's funny. The one that I get asked about the most often is the Jose Bautista home run and bat flip back in uh, the 2015 playoffs in the American League Division Series. In hockey, I've called uh, two Stanley Cup final series on the TV side, Vegas, Florida this year, Tampa Bay, Montreal in 2021. I was in the radio booth for the NHL when when the Rangers beat the Canucks back in 94. And I have so many memorable moments in football, working NFL games and playoff games and bowl games, probably too many to name, but um, – in my book, which is coming out in October, if I can give a quick plug, a mic for all seasons, awesome. yep. I, do, I do list many of those games uh, and many of the special moments during the football broadcasts. Okay, so as you said, you've called a lot of championships and a lot of playoff games. Do you ever 
get like maybe just a little nervous? I know you've done, you've been doing this for a very long time. Do you still get nervous, say, for like the Stanley Cup final? You definitely have a special feeling uh, when the game gets underway uh, before game one, for example, this year in Vegas. It's not necessarily nerves anymore like it might have been at the beginning of the career, but there is a, a special feeling that runs through your body. And uh, in a game like that, you always want to be perfect, but you're definitely on edge a little bit more when calling the last game of a Stanley Cup final, for example, or an NFL playoff game because uh, you don't want to make any mistakes, obviously, and really have to be on your toes. Yes, of course. So, as you said, you were on broadcast for the Jose Bautista go-ahead three-run home run against the Rangers. So, we were listening to that today before the interview, doing some practice. And I was wondering, because when you first started that call, you said the 1-1 pitch by Dyson. And then how did you really control yourself from going, like, calm to so enthusiastic and loud? How do you, like, control yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. There's probably a fine line between uh, making sure you have the right energy and excitement level and not going too crazy. Um, but that, that was a big moment that I'm, that I'm asked about often. Um, there have been overtime goals in the playoffs in hockey. Artemi Panarin last year with the Rangers against Pittsburgh, for example, in round one is a memorable call. Uh, but the Bautista one. Uh, you know, as play-by-play announcers, we're real fortunate to be involved in moments like that. You never know when it's going to happen, and you just have to be ready for it. Okay, so now to the Kenny Albert trivia. So I was wondering if we could wager something. If you beat me, I will plug your book <laughs> in my next 10 episodes. But if I win and you get – I have five questions, so you have to just get three right. If I win – you have to plug me on your Twitter. You got it. Oh, let's go. Okay. So you have to be within 50. How many games have you called in your career? So are you talking about total games? Total or- games and of pro sports. So NBA, NFL, NHL, and. And you're not just talking about national. You're talking about Rangers radio, the Knicks TV work, everything. Just the major Right, but just the national games, or do you include the Ranger Radio, for example? Everything. Everything, wow. Um, I I wouldn't even know where to begin to guess, but it's probably somewhere in the range of 3,000. Wow, it's 1,261. So now I'm going to call a timeout here because that's that's the national games. Yeah. Wait. I've also called about 1,500 Rangers on the radio, so that would bring the number up to 3,000. So can we call this question a tie? A little bit of a discrepancy. Yeah, you call, yeah, we'll call it a tie. That was my bad. That was a technical All issue. All right, a little bit of a discrepancy, but you're right as that far as my- the national, but if I include the radio, it's probably uh, double that. Okay. Who did you commentate with Super Bowl Forty Six? That was the international feed of Super Bowl Forty Six, and it was Joe Theismann. All right, you got that one right. You got that one right. Okay, so it's two one, Kenny. Okay, so by, now, by the way, by the way, just to take the pressure off, I'll give you a shout out on my Twitter anyhow, no matter what happens on this test. Oh, thank, thank you so much. So, but I, I do have some challenging ones coming up. Question right. three: Fire away. Who starred in the movie that you were in, Game Day? Who was the starring actor? That would be Richard Lewis. Oh, my kid, he's good. He knows himself. He knows himself. 
Now, question four is who starred in the movie Joanna Man? Vivica Fox. Oh my you're oh my god, this is a blowout. Okay. And question five, who did you start your career with? This was a this is a minor league baseball team. Well, if you're talking about the minor league team, it would be hockey, the Baltimore Skipjacks. Oh, this is a blowout. 5-1. You're to a tie. Okay, Kenny. Well, that's going to conclude today's episode. Kenny, any last words? I really enjoyed it, Vincenzo. And if you put out a tweet about this interview, this podcast, I will be sure to retweet it and uh, give you a big plug. Thank you so much. I'll plug your I'll plug your book. Um, I just want to thank you again for coming to the camp, taking time out of your day to do this. For all for all the people listening, thank you for listening. Share this with your friends and family. Hope you guys all have a great day, and thank you again, Kenny. Thanks, Vincenzo. Really appreciate it. No problem.